Hello, writers! This is a podcast about NaNoWriMo, and we're here to help you get on the road to novel success. I'm Liz Leo. And I'm Christina Horner. And this is How to Win NaNo. Did you ever want to write a novel? A Just a quick reminder, we're not actually officially affiliated with National Novel Writing Month. We just really love them. Cool. So today we are here to talk about writing tools. So this is a topic that spans a lot of different areas. So this is like digital tools, things that you actually like writing implements, kind of like mental tricks that you can use on yourself and and actually like physical like types of computing devices so we're going to talk about all of them i'd almost consider like my friends writing tools that's true writing groups or writing tools things like that but that's let's true. get a little more specific so i think we'd be remiss to not start with scrivener i mean i write in scrivener liz writes in scrivener we haven't always written in scrivener it but took we me have... a little bit to convince me honestly so maybe hopefully we can convince you yeah if you're not actually on board with scrivener you've probably heard of it i'm gonna preface this episode by uh pointing out that we have not put in any of the work that we would need to to have any ads in this podcast no. and so we're not sponsored by any of the various companies or tools that we're about to talk about we just like them and use them a lot but maybe um, we should look into getting sponsored by index cards <laughs> That's a good idea. I would like that. Yeah, I bet I'm they have a good podcast budget. Up, I'm going to call up my local staples and see if they can put me in contact yeah. with. Yeah, sponsored by Casper and Index Cards. Do you know the person who invented Post-Its? Because that would be really helpful. That's, yeah, that's Romy and Michelle's high school reunion. Thank you for yes. understanding and explaining my reference to <laughs> pop culture, Liz. I, I really appreciate you I'm having my back. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. So anyway, Scrivener is a word processor, basically, um, and it is it was made by writers for writers, and it is so awesome. I literally do everything in Scrivener now. Like, regardless of whether or not... It's, like, where I write my drafts and my blog posts. It's where I do short story. Like, anything that needs any sort of organization. Scrivener is what I use because it keeps everything in one doc. So, like, when you're using Word, it's, like, one big long white page. And then you got to have, like you know, your notes over here and your notes over there and your character tree over here. And then like when you go back five years later, you don't know where any of that stuff was. So what I love about Scrivener is that, you know, you can break your story up into different chunks. However, it makes sense to you. There's all sorts of cool ways to organize and categorize and color code. Um, there's also like different settings like corkboard view and, and, and all of that kind of stuff. But then there's also spots down below where you can add all of your character work and notes and you can put in pictures. It's just so awesome. And so you have everything that you need for your novel in one file and you're never going to lose all of your other research. I just, I love it so much. So I was skeptical because I, I was a Google Docs writer and I really just liked writing, like free flow, just getting it out there, putting it all on the page. The thing that sold me about Scrivener was when I found out about compose mode. Oh, yeah. And that's, I think, I've talked to some friends, and that's, like, a big deal for me. And there's basically just a mode where it pops up, and instead of really being in the program, it's now just a blank page, and it has a blacked out everything to the side, and you are just in this mode Yeah, there's no, like, bold, writing. italic, like, no. file. Like, none of that stuff is there. No, it's literally it's just, you just and a page. a blank page. And to me, that 
is that's what I always write in. I never, do you ever write just in the program or do you write in compose mode? I literally don't use compose mode. You never use compose <laughs> no. mode? Well, I so have fun. to use compose mode. It's so funny how different we are because what I love is having everything right there at my disposal. No. Um, and actually I go even further sometimes. Like if I'm, if I'm editing, there's this, there's this thing that you can do where you can, you can do like a split screen and you can like look between two different notes. So sometimes I have like two different docs oh. like one on top of the other like I love it oh I, I just like living in chaos to me living in chaos I, but it's organized oh. chaos because it's funny because I'm the I'm the planner and you're the pantser so I it's really pantser. funny that I just cling to all of my like outlining like support work around me and you just need to like get lost in space you know the that there's this old-fashioned representation of a muse where some guy's just like sitting on a hill and this angel comes above him and like beams the ideas into his brain and he's like I must write these ideas down that's sometimes how I feel like I, I have to like <laughs> visualize it as it comes through my brain into my fingers and that's I not, can't that's yeah not me at all it's so different wow I can't <laughs> believe you don't use compose mode that's this so blows my mind I think I have used it once or twice when you've brought it up like at our writing group or something I or at a write-in I love it. I probably should use it. But Distraction free. But I do. I have gotten better. I, it, as someone who is a pantser, I could not have done outlines without Scrivener. It's, oh, I love it. And the thing is, so I feel the same way about like Photoshop, for instance. Like, so in Photoshop, you can put a photo in, you can like crop it and you can call it a day. Or you can like color correct, call it a day. Or you can go like so deep on all the different things that you can do. So Scrivener can be a little bit overwhelming because there is so much that you can do. You can format and, and like print your entire novel from Scrivener. And I have no idea how to do any of that stuff. So the first year that I used it, I really just sort of used it like a Word document that I broke up into sections and had some notes. I kind of feel like going forward every year, I kind of make sure that I learn at least one new thing. Um, one new thing that I can do with Scrivener that makes my write, writing life more organized or better or something. So the longer you use it, the more proficient you're going to be and the more um, of its functionalities you're going to like grow to appreciate. I think last year was actually the first year I even that I used the word goal. The, oh my God. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even talk. I didn't, we didn't even talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. It has this built in uh, system of setting a word goal and then it breaks down. Um, there's like a little bar that over the course of the day, so it'll show you overall how you're tracking toward your goal, but then for the day, it'll go from like red to green. Mm -hmm. And so like, sometimes you're like really stuck in that like puke yellow color and you know, you have yes. so much more writing to do, but like, you just have to get out of it and you got to get to that nice, like, like greenish yellow color <laughs> until you get to, you know, your goal for the day. Yeah. I, I love Scrivener. Again, I'm, if you feel like you might not like it, you're um, wrong, probably. Yeah, because I'm probably the last person who would have used it, and I've used it for a good, what, four or five years now? Four years now, maybe? Probably. I don't know, something like the that. The nice thing, too, is that if you um, if you attempt Nano, you get a, a, a discount on Scrivener, because it does cost money, but it's a one-time cost. Yeah. Super worth it. If you win Nano, I think you get, like, 40% off or something. It's so not, it's very yeah. It's very affordable. It's it's less than a game on your Nintendo Switch. So. That's true. Uh, it's I hate when people say like it's less than like five Starbucks coffees, and I'm like those five Starbucks coffees made sure that I survived five days of my life. That's true. Yeah, those are just different budgets. <laughs> yeah, they're di they're different buckets of money. Um, okay, so Scrivener's great. There's a couple other um, there's a couple other things that uh, I don't use a lot. So okay, I've used these sometimes. If I'm having a really rough writing day, this is a place that I go. So this is something called Written Kitten. 
And this has been around a long time. Written Kitten and, is so cute. And it's something that people in the NaNoWriMo community talk about. So Written Kitten is literally just a website with a text box on it. And when you get to, I believe it's 100 words. Some, I, can You might be able to adjust it. I think it's, I think it it's may just that simple. Okay. I think it's like you write 100 words and you get a picture of a kitten. And then you write another hundred words, and then you get a new picture of a kitten. And it's one of those things where it's like, oh, like anyone can write a hundred words, even on the hardest writing days, even when you're feeling the most blocked. Yeah. Anybody can like reach deep down into their soul and just like barf up a hundred words. Especially if you get a kitten for it. Right. And then it's like, well, okay, I went 12 over. I only have to write like 88 more words. I guess, I guess I can do that if it means that I get another kitten also can we can we just for like one second appreciate how quickly i did that math in my head because i was not paying attention math is really hard and i was like boom i I heard numbers and i don't know if you saw me i was looking somewhere else not at you thanks trust yeah (laughs) yeah i trusted that you would do the math good uh, on the other end of the spectrum from Written Kitten, this is something that I don't use because it stresses me the F out. But Write or Die is mm-hmm. something else that people talk about. Can't do it. Write or Die is less about, like, rewarding you when you're at your sort of writing lowest. And it's about, like, threatening you. It's a very threatening tool. Carrot meets stick. <laughs> exactly. So the point of Write or Die is that, again, you just have a simple text box. And I think this site actually looks evil. Like, isn't it, like, black and red or something? I, probably. Like, Looks, That's what I remember. Yeah, it's like the dead journal to the live journal of, like, the days of old. Anyway, uh, in this one, if you are constantly writing, everything's good. And the second you even stop to think, it starts automatically, like, deleting what you wrote. It Just saying what it is gives me so much stress, I could not use it. Listen, Liz, write uh-huh. or die. I know. I'd probably die. Write or die. I'd die. Uh, so I don't use that one, but I think that is a... A mechanism that works for certain personality types. So if that is the kind of pressure that you need to get your book written, check it out. See, I just need like four-hour energy shots. But I mean, yeah. (laughs) Oh my god! If you need writer, I would never be able to sit in a chair for any amount of time if I had Uh, even one energy shot. (laughs) I was a freshman in college. Okay. Um. Okay. So here's one that I don't have. Uh, as much personal experience with, but a good friend of ours um, that goes to our writing group uh, uses. And it's called For the Words, like the number four, uh, the words. Um, And what I've gathered of this one, which I want to check out, but it seems too complex for me to ever start in November. I'm always like, I don't have time to fight monsters. I'm trying to write a book. So I need to check it out like at some other point over the year. But the idea here is that you are confronted with monsters, um, and then you you fight them by writing an amount of words. And so it's kind of this like dungeon crawl kind of writing uh, game, I guess. And she's super into it. So one of these days I need to check it out. And I would love to hear from any of you if you use For the Words. Because it seems like it's something right up my alley. It seems really cool. I've seen her show us like her avatar, I think. Oh, and, yeah. And, and a couple things about it. It looks totally up my alley, but I'm usually always a little bit too preoccupied right before nanos but luckily this is coming out this episode is coming out where you should have plenty of time to research all these things look at them see if you want to use them see what works for you yeah so i know we actually talked about index cards as a tool yeah i mean like truly some of you also may be journal writers right 
love a good journal. Like, mm-hmm. let's talk a little about old school. What are some of the old school methods of writing tools? Yeah, I mean, this is, we're going to have a whole episode about outlining, so I won't go too in-depth about index cards, but, like, I don't feel like I'm ready to write my book unless I've, like, laid it out with index cards. And then it's so helpful because you can, like, refer back to them and you can, like, just have the one in front of you that you're working on so you're not distracted by, like, the bulk of your entire outline. Um, and I like different colored index cards. I just find them to be very useful. Yeah, I, st- I started using them more. I usually take a couple years before I actually get into some of the planning methods Christina uses. I'm like, <laughs> you know, I was I was one year behind starting Nano. I think it follows suit that I'm like five years behind using index cards. Totally. But she comes around eventually. I come around eventually. It's just, I, I tend to like index cards in the rewrite process more than the writing process, but yeah. they're useful tools. And I think like this is, you know, index cards are just one version of what what is actually going on here, which is usually... Um, you know, taking your story, breaking it up into sort of bits and then laying them out and kind of looking at your story visually. So people can do this with post-it notes. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people will use like a bulletin board and just like put things all over your wall, put things all over the floor. And it, it really does help to kind of take your story off the page and just look at everything in front of you. Sometimes like when I'm deep in sort of novel madness, I really need that sort of visual overview of like, mm-hmm. what am I even doing here? Does it work? Does it look good? Um, and so index cards are just kind of my choice item that I use to do that. I feel like one way I've done visually that's not at all related to index cards was just making a map. Oh, yeah. Just sort of useful uh, to visualize where your story's going or happening, especially if you have fantasy or quest based. So that's another fun tool you can make to be a guiding light as you write. I think different stories have different needs, you know? Like, I've never really... I've never really written something that needed a map like that. Well, I guess I have, my first nano novel did. Um, but like for my most recent novel, I needed a timeline. Like I really, like, cause the story took place over like 50, 60 years. And so I needed to actually write out the various years and what happened in each year and look at it all and make sure that it made sense that all the characters were the right ages in every scene. And so mm-hmm. that was so helpful. I looked at that constantly. Um, I've also, I wrote a book where, everybody was interconnected in all these really interesting ways. And so I made this physical character, like bubble map. And so it was like, I put each character and their name in a circle. And then I had to like literally draw lines in between each character to show who they were connected to, to make sure that everybody was connected to like a similar amount of people and to track all the various relationships. So like a serial murderer, like yarn chart. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. That is what I did. So more, do can you think of more like old school methods of tools that we might've used? Um, well, this one's not necessarily, I mean, this one I still use, but I've been doing since the very beginning. Um, baby names, websites. Yes. I 100%. Use, yeah, I use both baby name websites, but also just name generators because I found if I spend too much time looking at like what a name means, I'll maybe make something that's a little too, um, Oh, I don't usually read, I don't usually read too much into that, but I definitely will just go through and just read tons and tons of names. I've also found websites that will, um, they'll just kind of give you like a pre-made character. Mm -hmm. Um, so it'll give you, you know, here's a character, here's their name, here's their occupation, here's their quirk. And usually I don't go with a whole character like that, but I'll, I'll look because sometimes you just need quirks. You're like, I don't know. It's, it's November. I have to start writing. I don't have time to brainstorm quirks. And so sometimes I just look up like, bites or nails like is that cool blah, blah, blah. i love the generated quirks thing um 
What I often do is beforehand, especially if I'm doing something that's a little more fantasy and I need more unique names, but no, later on I won't have time to to figure that out. I, there are name generators that generate more unique names, or you can scale yeah. the level of uniqueness, and then I'll sit there and, like, before Nano starts, I'll just generate 10 to 30 names that yep. I really like and keep that on a page in Scrivener, yes. and then I can go back to it at any point I need to pull up a a random character and I'm like ooh what's her name look it up okay it's Lydia great okay go yeah. I did that in my in my historical fiction novel because I needed just a lot of extra characters across different time periods so I needed I looked up what were popular and like less popular but still kind of in style names from the 40s from the 70s and from I mean modern days easier um but I you know I picked my main character names but then I just had a list of like 10 other names just in case you need them you know the Enids and the and the Beverly's and like all those kinds of names that aren't necessarily like you just want to make sure that they're the ones that were being used in that like decade um so that was that was kind of fun because it was the first time that I needed to look at like time period specific names and if you want to go really old school um there is a, a word processor called the FreeWrite. Oh man! Um, there's a version that is essentially a typewriter, and then a version um, from their most recent Kickstarter Indiegogo that is a little more like a tiny laptop. It's a little bit more streamlined and light. I actually a friend of mine lent me the FreeWrite, the typewriter version. So if you like the idea of writing on a typewriter, particularly the idea that you cannot delete or edit. And you just write on a page. And if you like the idea of compose mode. <laughs> compose. Basically, if you like compose mode, this is a, a, a word processor e-writer where you just type and you compose and you can't go back and edit and it saves it and it just syncs to the cloud. Yeah. So it's totally distraction it free and easy to just carry around in your bag. Um, and actually, so the free write is, is awesome. Um, and we both kickstarted it, which we're both super excited about. Yeah, the about. new version. But we're they, very excited. They sell other like, versions of this. I was talking about the free ride on Twitter and um, some this girl I know was really interested in the idea, but she ended up just finding one on Amazon that was like a, a similar concept, but like much cheaper. It's like word processors are a thing that have been around for decades. Yeah, and you can still buy them yeah. and they're still useful and they can still basically do the same kind of thing. Um, the free ride's just a little fancier and a little more like automatic. But. Yeah, and also the typewriter uh, look of the first one yeah. is very much like... You want to take your typewriter to the coffee shop and set it up with your latte and type, and it's pretty fun. I'm not going to lie. It's a yeah. fantasy I've had. <laughs> we haven't gotten ours yet, but when they get here, they we get will here. be so excited. Yeah, I, we'll, we'll be tapping, tapping away. Um, something else that I use a lot, and this is something that I will definitely delve deeper into uh, in a future episode about writing distractions, but I look at my Twitter analytics, and November is the month that I, like, far and away use Twitter more than any other month. Okay, couple things. I love asking people for ideas about things. So I will ask people like, um, you know, I need a name for a school. I need a name for a blank. Like sometimes when I just can't come up with a name, I'll just ask my Twitter followers and people will give me good um, suggestions usually. Um, but I also love just kind of, in terms of like community building during NaNo, I love going and just talking to people, using it to do writing sprints. Like it's, it's kind of my outlet to other writers and writer Twitter is a, is a very large community. And so, um, we're talking more specifically about like specific writing tools, but I think Twitter is the best social media 
spot for me as a writer um, to sort of share ideas, um, ask people's opinions, um, complain about how hard it is, all that kind of stuff. Communities are tools. And you know what? You know what's another tool? What? This podcast. That's true. Oh. For us or for them? Well, probably for the people listening. But maybe, I definitely for us too. I mean, it's definitely helping me think through some of the things that I've just sort of inherently learned and acquired as knowledge over the years, kind of laying it all out as like, wow, like we have an entire podcast worth of ideas and processes that we use to write. That's, that's pretty awesome. Also, some of the things you say that you do are not things that I do. Yeah. I want to pick up and probably vice versa. So Mm -hmm. I feel like, and I, I take writing classes are, I I take a ton of writing Writing classes. classes are an amazing tool. And honestly, like I take, I keep taking writing classes that are similar in nature mm-hmm. because every teacher is different. Every teacher brings something new to the class. And I always leave that class having learned something, whether it was something interesting that a fellow classmate said, or like a different approach to like editing or a different way to look at your writing or a different, just like inspiring quote from an author. Like I love writing classes because they keep me excited about writing. They, they arm me with more tools um, and, and just, like, keep it fresh as something that, like, I'm investing in. We, we just recently took a class on revision together. It was, like, what, like an eight-week class or something like that? I mean, yeah, we continuously learn. Yeah. And, yeah, tool, the tools to write are all around you. Hopefully this episode uh, sheds some light on a few of the ways that you can, you know, you don't have to do it all on your own. There's people out there who's made who've made really amazing things to help you do this hard work that you're about to do. Yeah. I was just thinking about the ways that the, that we engage online around nano have evolved over the years. Like I have been doing this so long that the internet has massively changed since I started doing nano. When I first started doing NaNoWriMo, people still used live journal and they would put up these like sort of out of office notifications (laughs) notifications <laughs> on live journal like and i remember i would do this like when harry potter books came out too like you would put up a graphic that was like hey gonna be gone for a while writing a novel for nanowrimo or like hey not gonna be online all weekend reading harry potter and like that was just a thing that people did and so it was like okay i'm probably not going to be updating my blog because i'm working on writing this book and the same thing like like my away message on um like aol instant messenger would be like doing nano like can't talk now um and I was thinking about how we don't do that anymore, but it's that's not totally the case because, like, Nano actually provides avatars mm-hmm. that are, you know, like, Nano 2019 or whatever. And so, like, people will put that as their Facebook header or their Twitter icon, and it's kind of this, like, notification to the world that this is something that I'm participating in right now. And so it's not necessarily the idea of, like, an away message, um, but it does kind of convey to the world as a sort of just like a sign in the window like hey guys like I'm doing this and I think that's awesome it's probably because nowadays you really can't be away from the internet no the way you could like you know 12 13 years ago right exactly now it's like I have to be on the internet for my job Mm -hmm. yeah but that's yeah that's super interesting yeah there's something I kind of thought about like a memory lane kind of thing The very last bit of this episode, we wanted to talk about some of the wonderful emails that you guys have sent in. Um, The first one I wanted to go into briefly was um, Colin sent us an email and he transcribed the trailer episode of our podcast. Um, I was just like, I thought that was tremendously amazing. 
I it brought a huge smile to my face and I'm like really touched that someone put in that much work to help us reach other audiences. Hopefully this will help our listeners who are deaf, have auditory processing disorders, or whose first language isn't English enjoy our podcast as well. Yeah, so we record these way in advance, so by the time you guys are listening to this episode, we will definitely have figured out how to get this up and available to you guys, and hopefully we'll have more, Um, and we are working hard to make sure that we do this for all of our episodes. And if you are interested in being someone who transcribes or you have the time, I know it's a huge um, task to take on, but we love your help. It's not always something we can do ourselves because we know it takes a lot of work and a lot of skill. So please email us and let us know if that's something you can help with as well. Yeah, the fact that anybody listens to this podcast and likes it enough to want to make sure that other people can experience it is like just, it just makes our day. So thank you. Yeah. Um, we also got a really awesome letter from a listener named Bonnie who, uh, wrote in to tell us about her nano experience. So she, I'm just going to summarize most of this. So she let us know she had been watching my videos. Thank you, Bonnie, for watching my videos on YouTube. Um, and the first time that she tried nano, she sort of chickened out and only managed to write about 2,300 words, um, which by the way is totally okay. Um, the next year she actually picked up where she left off and wrote her entire novel using a lot of kind of downtime that she had based on her particular work schedule. Um, and she was so excited and couldn't believe that she'd done it. And, uh, she ended her email by saying, I'm braver, wiser, and very, very grateful. If I did it, anyone can. And that just warmed my heart so much. Thank you, Bonnie. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. I love hearing your story. You don't have to win Nano every year to, you know, be a hero. Anyone who even tries to write anything, I think, is so brave and so awesome. I love hearing people's success stories. I love hearing people's I tried stories. Um, Really, I, I, I just love hearing about people's experience with Nano. So, please write to us. We'll read every email, we promise. Yeah, and so if you write in, let us know if it's okay for us to share your uh, your letter on our podcast, because we would love to read some of these out loud to, to, to share with our listeners. Um, and we just, we just love hearing from you, so please, please do it. As a reminder, the best ways to reach out to us are, of course, by email. That is howtowinnano at gmail.com. You can also reach out to us on Twitter at howtowinnano. And we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash howtowinnano, where we've got some cool perks. It's small now, but it's growing. It's the best way to keep up to date with um, new stuff that we're doing, writing that we want to share, and, you know, other ways that you could be involved with the podcast. And so if you want to tweet at us this week and let us know if there's any writing tools that are your favorite that we might have missed, um, please let us know. Maybe we'll adopt some of them in our journey to continuously get better. Well, I'll adopt them and then Liz will think about it. And maybe in five years. I will adopt them. Touche. This has been a great episode for us. I hope it's been a great episode for you. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back in one week with more content for you and until then keep writing keep writing that's that a chili pot what why do you have a chili pot what it's for dyeing clothes
This is the oh. thing that I use to, like, dye things. Other people also use it to make chili. Okay, well, th- that's great for them. Okay. I needed something to dye things in. That's what I was looking at when you were doing math. Oh, good. 